Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Between the worlds of Tom Petty and Bruce Springsteen, I'm a Tom Petty person. But, but, I'll leave it there. A little sad today. On that, of course, there's greater things to be sad about. Las Vegas tragedy. But I do have some free tickets to give away uh, for those who want something out of nothing. 800-516-1220. Call right now. I'm going to give them away two sets of two tickets this segment and two sets of two tickets next segment. Next segment is going to be a different winning profile. So this is kind of like Monty Hall's let's make a deal. Do you want to try to win tickets this segment or do you want to try to win tickets next segment? You can't win both. Okay. So what am I going to give it away? Winner, and I'm going to give away two sets of two tickets, 800-516-1220. is going to receive a pair of tickets to see Andre Rue and his Johann Strauss Orchestra, Tuesday, October 24th at SAP Center in San Jose. I know you're saying, you're giving away two sets of two tickets to see an orchestra. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And Andre Rue. Yes. Yes. Andre Rue is one of the biggest solo male touring artists in the world. His tours attract more than 600,000 fans, outselling Coldplay, ACDC, and Bruce Springsteen, and the now-dead Tom Petty. In concert, Andre leads the 60-piece Johann Strauss Orchestra through waltzes, show tunes, and movie scores. Tickets are available at Ticketmaster.com. I'm giving away two sets of two tickets. This is a great date night for you. This is a great, hey, this is the person I want to ask out at the office. If you're a female, you can do it with a male. If you're a female, you can do it with a female. If you're a male, you can do it with a male. If you're a male, you can do it with a female. I don't care your, your uh, semantics, per se, uh, or the details. But if you want to win, be a winner of a pair of tickets to see Andre Rue and his Johann Strauss Orchestra, Tuesday, October 24th at SAP Center in San Jose, call now, 800-516-1220. Keep in mind that Tom Petty will not be making a guest appearance at this event, but it's still a good event, even without Tom Petty. Next segment, I got two more sets of two tickets. Slightly different event, but two more freebies. So call right now, 800-516-1220. Anyone's allowed to win except for people named Corey. So 800-516-1220. Some of the top stories of the day, in my opinion, retired boxing champion Floyd Mayweather says he's now worth a billion dollars. According to Forbes, he's amassed $700 million in career earnings before he came to blows with Conor McGregor. Just six weeks after his 10th round knockout victory over McGregor, Mayweather says he's achieved his goal. He said it was easy. He made a billion dollars. That was easy. And it's not all from fighting. Mayweather has financial interest outside. He owns a girl collection, a Las Vegas strip club, in addition to a property portfolio. He even has backed some uh, initial coin uh, offerings tied towards none other than uh, Bitcoin and some of the little bastard uh, investments that come out of that. So other stories of note today, and there are plenty. Let's hit them as fast and furious as we can, shall we? 
GoFundMe campaign has been set up for the Las Vegas shooting victims. Uh, set up by Steve Sisolak, chairman of the Clark County Commission. Uh, has raised more than 900000 in the first six hours. He wants to pull in $2 million. $2 million by 59 people or 59 families or 500-plus injured is not a lot of money. But it's a nice step, and it's a good thing to do. Warren Buffet says he will own Bank of America for a long, long time. He's very optimistic over the future of Bank of America. He is the largest shareholder of Bank of America. If it's good enough for Warren, it's good enough for me. CEO of Wells Fargo is pledging to be a better bank than it was during its scandal. He's talking in front of Congress today. He's on Capitol Hill getting grilled. He's saying that they just found 3.5 million accounts. Um, that were affected by conduct in the employees enrolled customers, basically employees enrolled customers into bogus accounts. Bank has shelled out over $300 million in fines, which is nothing. Nothing. That's breakfast money. I eat that for breakfast. Nom, 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 nom. ATM fees are up 55% over the last 10 years. I consider you to be financially slow. Um, I consider you to be financially hindered. I consider you to be financially mm, challenged if you use ATMs and you pay the going $4, um, well, as high as $5.19 if you're in a big metropolitan area. But fees are up way too much. And um, if you're doing out-of-network ATM to get your own money, just get up and go get cash. Find, you get a bigger bank that has locations everywhere. I've already mentioned two, Bank of America and Wells Fargo. Uh, but getting your, paying to get your own cash, very, very foolish thing to do. I want to date a woman who pays to get her own cash. I would dump her. I would say, I don't care that you have 32 teeth and that you can tell jokes in three different languages. Can't believe you're paying $5 to get $20 or $5 to get $100 out of the bank. What do you, you're no mate potential, you and your janky teeth retail group has expected that the national um, the national uh, largest retail trade group for retailers has said that the holiday spending is expected to rise 3.6 to 4 percent this year and that's pretty sweet if you're basically hoping that wall street continues its status quo and continues to hit new highs that's a good flag to plant now again you need more than one flag um in theory it's kind of like the game risk or kind of like the game well let's say risk where you want to own the whole planet, and you want as many flags to plant as you can. Uh, why Australia only has four properties is beyond me. Tax cuts sold as fuel for growth. This is one of the, another flags that we could throw down there. It's being talked about. Now, when it, if it happens, that's, that flag is planted. If it doesn't happen, it gets pulled out of the ground, and that could be a problem. But ultimately, what we have is the idea of, you know, let's cut taxes, and Americans will spend that money. It's a very 1970s concept. Warren Buffett's Berkshire Hathaway has made a big bet on truck stops. I know you're saying truck stops. I want to invest in Google. I want to invest in Amazon. I want to invest in the new hologram technology. But Warren Buffett, the greatest investor of all time, has put a 38.6% stake of Pilot Flying J, which since I'm not a trucker, I don't know anything about. But if I were a trucker, and maybe one day I will be a trucker, um... This is a pretty dominant industry. Largest operator of travel centers in North America with more than 27,000 employees, 750 locations, and more than $20 billion in annual revenue. We got a great big convoy trucking down the line. If I ever become a trucker, I'm going to get a monkey. And the monkey's going to be my best friend who sits in the front seat with me, and we're going to listen to Eagles music. And we're going to go, take it easy. And then every now and then we're going to do a little Tom Petty and like, them coming in the boat. So we're going to do it all, me and monkey. 
Um, I'm going to name the monkey bear because that'll confuse people. So big health care dilemma going on right now. 10,000 baby boomers are retiring each day. It's too soon to make a joke about baby boomers dying because death is all in the news. But 10,000 baby boomers retiring every single day is costing Medicare and Medicaid a lot of money. Retired 65-year-old couples can expect to pay $275,000 in out-of-pocket expenses for health care. Imagine that's about three times that in health care cost going um, out of taxpayers' money. It's not a very scalable, independent solution. Alice and Neil won. Two different people. Alice and Neil. My name was Neil. Would I change it to Nee? Or my kid's name would be Nee Neil? Neil Nee? No. 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 More tickets coming up next break. Stay tuned. Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. And streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. And don't forget the weeknight replay at 7. I'm Rob Black. I'm Rob Black. I'm Rob Black. One of the growing trends in my life is for small children to dress up in my clothes and take pictures and say things like, I'm Rob Black. Call me 800 516 I'm Rob Black. I'm kind of big deal. Um, so if you can do an impression of me, I would love to hear it. Um, set it up on an audio and send it to me, rob at robblackshow.com, and I'll play it on the air. Um, even a video. If you want to send me a link to like a YouTube video of your small child doing a Rob Black impression, I would get a kick out of that. And I think it goes far to show you that I'm trying my best to help you get to retirement. Um, and one of the things that I try to do, and I'm not always successful on this, is to give you some freebies. Disney on Ice is skating back into town and... <laughs> It's kind of like a tiara covered in glitter, which who doesn't like tiaras and who doesn't like, well, glitter? Um, it's pretty old school because it's all about, you know, dreaming big and Disney princesses and modern classics. And, you know, free tickets are free tickets. A uh, thing you have to always watch out for is parking and you know, other ancillary things. But free tickets are free tickets. Favorite moment of the show is when, you know, you see all the little ones who are dressed in screaming names uh, like Cinderella or... Um, yeah, Cinderella, I think, is the, probably the biggest one that people talk about as far as Disney princesses go. And my favorite Disney princess is still Princess Leia. Um, but that's me. You know, some people like The Little Mermaid. Some people like Anna from Frozen. Um, you got all sorts of action going on here. You got a lot of things to think about. So I got two sets of two tickets. Uh, for no, no, two sets of four tickets. Holy mackerel! A family of four. Winners can receive four complimentary vouchers to Disney on Ice. Dream big at the Oracle Arena, October nineteenth through October twenty third, and at the SAP Center in San Jose, October twenty fifth through October 29th. Vouchers are good for Oakland and San Jose. Sweet. You get to enter a world where adventure is awaiting, and courage leads the way. At Disney on Ice, dream big. Winning. Enchanted Pixie Dust. Who doesn't like Enchanted Pixie Dust? I used to um, get through college on Enchanted Pixie Dust. Tinkerbell takes you on a journey of a beloved Disney tale live on ice. You make a splash with fearless dreamers Ariel as she yearns to explore life above the waves. You get to watch Rapunzel and Cinderella and Belle as they learn the power of their own magic. Uh, then you get some people that I don't know. The wintry world of Arendelle with sisters Anna and Elsa. Oh, that's the Frozen Girls with the hilarious Olaf. They're all there. Uh, Jasmine, there. Snow White, there. Aurora and the Tierra, there. 
high flying jumps, daring acrobat. This is ice. This is this is dangerous. This is Disney princesses risking their lives to entertain you, believing in just um, the magic of Disney on ice. Dream big, October nineteenth through the twenty third. This is the longest copy I've ever read in my life. SAP Center in San Jose or the Oracle Arena in um, well in Oakland is where it is. You can get tickets at Ticketmaster.com. Two sets of four tickets. Okay, so this is another one. Divorced mom, uh, single dad. Uh, good chance. Good chance to hook up and uh, bring one kid each and family of four for Disney on Ice. Uh, two sets of four tickets. Uh, good first date. Way, way better than coffee. Way, way, way than bumbling over long tenderly in your life. You can um, get freebies. 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Oh, that was the longest copy I've ever read. Now back to me. Me, glorious me. The big three car op makers have crushed sales expectations, but they did it because of Hurricane Harvey. Um, the big three, uh, Ford, Fiat Chrysler, and General Motors topped expectations for the month um, after Hurricane Harvey slowed everything down last month. So sales expectations, sales up 8.9% Ford, 9%. Um, 14.9% at Toyota, 9.5% in Nissan, 11.9% at GM. All about 3 to 5 percentage points higher than expected. Um, I hear Tesla's working on a floating car, so the next time there is a flood, it will float. They may need it because Goldman Sachs analyst David Tamburino uh, has said, let's sell shares of Tesla. He thinks it's got a 40% downside. He's predicting Model 3 production is going to be slower than expected. Tesla came out and said that in the third quarter, they only delivered 26,150 vehicles out of um, expectations of about 25,000. Um, 865. So they delivered more than expected. Um, Model 3 delivery miss is a further evidence that the electric car maker is going to have difficulties ramping going forward is the thought. Elsewhere, General Motors shares jumped to a record after Bank of America upgraded it to buy. General Motors slowly but surely having a pretty good year, up 24% for the year. Hmm. And they're trying to chit-chat amongst other um, car companies about technology, electrification, autonomy, and connectivity. Elsewhere, Google's got a secret long-term business powerhouse, and it's YouTube. KeyBank reiterated its buy rating on Google, uh, largely predicated, I was going to say predicted, but predicated on its video streaming service, YouTube, um, and its ability to seize a sizable share of the U.S. pay TV subscribers. Um, It doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out that, you know, people under the age of 16 now, they don't need ABC, NBC, CBS, or Fox. And if you look at the world of media now as ABC, NBC, CBS, and Fox, you're living in a very small world. But it's free. I got an antenna. True. True that. True that. Um, so they have $1,100 price target on Google. Great Google. Google. And finally today, Whole Foods and Walmart are battling for one crucial set of customers, and it reveals a very dark truth about America. Whole Foods traffic shot up after cutting prices, and 24% of new shoppers were regular Walmart customers. Holy mackerel. If you were to ask me to pen a pen on a Walmart location, I could not do it. Hi-oh! Um, am I blind to Walmarts? I think I might be. Um, the defectors who left Walmart to come to Whole Foods are wealthier than the average Walmart customer. Rising pay for top-income brackets compared to relative stagnation for lower-income Americans has made the upper-middle class and the upper-class customers key retailers for survival. Hmm. So... 
interesting the, the the fight and the dilemma that goes on in the world of food and trying to get us to spend money um, at their stores. Facebook has launched a new version of Messenger in the U.S. that uses less data. I'll be honest with you. I'm on Facebook, but they wanted me to download the app. They'll, they'll be like, you've got a message from Mark, or you've got a message from Tony. And I'm like, mm, I'm never going to read it. I don't want the Facebook Messenger app. So if you send me a message on Messenger, I'm not seeing it. I'm sorry. Even the Facebook Messenger Lite is uh, problematic for me. Joel and Chan one. Congratulations, Joel and Chan. You're going to Disney on ice. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. Oil prices are falling on signs of higher output. Oil's been in the news this year, but it kind of gets a lot of back page news. Um, something Wall Street continues to you know deal with, the Main Street press versus the... What's in the news? What's not? What should we be pushing today? What should we not be pushing? Warren Buffett's out in the news today. I love it when Warren Buffett talks. Almost as much as I love when Patrick O'Hare talks. How are you, Mr. O'Hare? Briefing.com. Hey, Rob. I'm doing okay. Thanks. If you live another 40-plus years, you could catch up to Warren Buffett's uh, track record of longevity in the markets. You got that I'm going for you? for it. <laughs> yeah, so I got that <laughs> to look forward to. <laughs> Which is nice. Yeah. Dalai Lama gives you a turtle life. Uh, oh, yeah. Bill Murray tribute, but off topic. Uh, yesterday, I was a little bit surprised that the market hit all-time highs on a day where the headlines were pretty much so all-time lows for the U.S. as far as media coverage goes on Las Vegas shootings. Is there anything to make of the markets being so resilient that they can push through a rather crappy day in headlines? Well, you know, I, I, kind of what we've talked about in the past, Rob, I mean, we, we have seen these tragic incidents occur, um, not in the U.S., just in the U.S., but around the world, obviously. And, and, and in the bottom line, you know, when the market looks at an event like that, it's going to assess whether it has any lasting economic impact that's going to disproportionately impact the cor- corporate earnings outlook. And as tragic as what happened in Las Vegas was, uh, the takeaway for the market was that it was not going to have a lasting economic impact. It was not going to unduly impact uh, corporate earnings prospects, except for maybe some of the, you know, uh, a few companies, like namely MGM, uh, which owns Mandalay, uh, and, and which some investors probably are now thinking that they're going to invest a lot more to step up security at their hotel properties, and so that could maybe hurt earnings in the near term. But overall, from a broader market standpoint, um, you know, when you looked at how the stock market behaved yesterday in the face of that just, you know, horrendous episode, um, it, it, it quite honestly was a prudent response. Um, and the market continues to uh, rely on this, the persistence of low interest rates here uh, and ongoing signs, really, of, you know, growth picking up which are helping to feed this, this bullish bias uh, that has yet to been seriously challenged. So we're moving into the final quarter of the year, um, typically a very friendly quarter for Wall Street. I've been doing this media financial thing for 20 years. Uh, the cliche is that there's a bit of a budget flush, there's some optimism, there's professional investors away while uh, the amateurs are in charge, and we tend to be bullish 
Uh, what do you make of the final three months of the year if we can get through scary October? Right. Well, everything you just laid out is what we hear in a, quote, normal year. You know, now right. let's add in the prospect that you might get a tax reform plan, right? So, um, so that's going to probably help prop things up. And, and when you mentioned Warren Buffett earlier, um, you know, he said something that was really interesting today. Uh, He always says something that's interesting, but, you know, as it relates to the fourth quarter outlook, he, you know, he acknowledged that Berkshire Hathaway is holding off on selling because it's waiting to see what happens with tax reform, right? Uh, And I would guarantee that if Warren Buffett's holding off on selling, a lot of other investors are holding off on selling for the same reasons. You know, in other words, they might have an opportunity to, uh, to, when they do, take profits to do so, you know, at a lower tax rate versus the, the higher tax rate that they would, you know, have to incur now if they sold today. Um, and what I think that suggests to investors is that it doesn't necessarily mean that the market is going to spike to new highs because Warren Buffett is not selling. But what it could do is pre- it could prevent that long-awaited price correction from happening in the fourth quarter because Warren Buffett is not selling and, and probably a lot of other big uh, investors are not selling either, simply because there remains this underlying optimism that uh, some type of tax reform plan will be passed, uh, and that potentially it could be a retroactive thing as well. So, so it was a real uh, interesting comment, and I think it it speaks to this notion that you're going to have this latent support in the market here uh, that helps prevent you know you know a major sell off in the near term anyway without you know some exogenous shock. That's interesting because uh, I always say that the Warren Buffett shareholder to a letter to shareholders is worth a read by everyone in America who has any sort of idea about retiring, but also like the Becky Quick interviews that he does with CNBC. Mm -hmm. I I think they're great material, and I'm I'm happy that you pulled something out of it that I have not even seen yet. Um, I think if we could be more like Warren Buffett, uh, I heard this morning he was challenging. I mean, he was kind of like talking smack to hedge fund managers about doing his 10-year challenge with the S&P 500 versus their track record. What do you think about that concept of the everyman doing index funds like an S&P 500 where you don't have to think versus the hedge fund manager who gets to think and gets to analyze and gets to see flaws and gets to see bonuses of companies? Uh, how are you on the active versus passive uh, debate? Well, I think it you know, probably is somewhat comparable to home ownership, right? The longer you stay in your home, the more opportunity you have to actually take some a decent amount of equity out of it, right? And okay. with the stock market, the longer you're in it, the, the greater opportunity there is to take uh, to, to make a lot of money, um, if you will, uh, if you can ride out the volatility that you're going to see in these these bear markets that will crop up from time to time, and uh, and so for a lot of investors who clearly don't have the time or the inclination to um, to stay on top of the capital markets and the stock market, uh, you know, when you hear someone like Warren Buffett. Uh, pretty much endorse an index, a passively managed index fund, um, and suggest himself that when he dies, he wants pretty much the remaining money he has to be invested in an index fund like the S&P 500 uh, Spider Fund. Um, You know, it resonates for a lot of people. 
and uh, and I think that the passive investing strategy has its place. Uh, it certainly has, I think, proven to be a winner for uh, for investors with with a longer term outlook. Um, so, and again, what you and I have talked about occasionally, you know, through the years here too, is is that you know timing is important here. Uh, risk tolerance is important here. Um, you know, you're not you're told not to time the market, but really, you know, life throws you curveballs. Right? You never know when you're going to need to raise cash to, uh, you know, to fund an unforeseen medical expense or, or you know, a divorce or something like that. And so, you do have to be conscientious about the fact that the stock market is trading at a higher valuation that is being supported, admittedly, with low interest rates. Uh, but based on what your cash needs, you perceive your cash needs to be here, uh, you know, perhaps a passively managed fund is not the best option right now, given how much easy money has been made during this bull market run off the 2009 lows. Um, because when volatility picks up, you know, and there's kind of this group think, and, a, you know, uh, and everyone's invested in these index funds, these passively managed index funds, um, yeah, you can see some pain, certainly, in the near term, which will interrupt some of your best laid plans. So, uh, you know, so I don't think active management is something that needs to be uh, dismissed entirely, uh, and certainly not at this point in time, probably, given how far we've come and knowing that uh, the potential for a setback is, is there. So, so a lot, again, is just going to have to boil down to one's risk tolerance and their time horizon, uh, but you can never discount um, you know, a viewpoint like the one Warren Buffett has shared, given his long-term track record and many of the blue-chip companies he owns that are in those passively managed funds. I hate to admit this, but 20 years ago when I was a portfolio manager, investment advisor, um, I wanted to be Warren Buffett. It was kind of like my, my I want to go one-on-one with Michael Jordan, and I could not be dumber in hindsight. Um, it's just a grandfather that you want to have that you should listen to um, as much as you can, as often as you can. So, taking a look at the stock markets, um, are you favoring anything at this point in time? Are you going for value? Are you going for the banks with the interest rate plays? Are you going for, is it a sector by sector, a stock by stock market for you? Is it a buy on dips, even though the dips are very small and very shallow? Uh, What are you seeing right now in, in general market activity as far as what you like? Well, you know what we're seeing is is certainly a I think uh, some portfolio rebalancing activity that has favored value over growth, uh, small and mid caps over large caps really, uh, and that has been driven in large part on the uh, the new life that has been breathed into the potential for tax reform and the so-called reflation trade that could um, be a result of it. So, uh, so it makes sense that you see the domestically oriented Russell 2000 uh, outperform here, uh, based on the optimism surrounding, you know, tax reform and the potential for increased economic activity in the United States uh, as a result of it. Um, you know, I'm still. Uh, am a bit cautious in general on the market overall, um, uh, but I do think that uh, with interest rates, while they've spiked here, you know, off their September lows, uh, about 30 basis points on the 10-year note yield, um, the 10-year note yield is still below where the year started. So, so yes, rates have come up, but you know, no, they're not high. So you still have the persistence of low interest rates. You still have. Um, some decent earnings growth that should shine through here in the coming Thanks. quarters, uh, and uh, and you know, and, and, and those are 
really key underpinning factors here that will probably keep the market um, supported um, uh, despite some of the concerns about valuation that are out there. You're the best. I look forward to the year in March because there's a lot of content for us to cover. It's Patrick O'Hare with Briefing.com. I start my day every day with his page one column. Briefing.com, an independent source of both domestic and international markets. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. I'm Rob Black. I believe that we don't live in a fair world. Whether you're looking at what happened in the last 48 hours in Las Vegas, whether you're looking at Puerto Rico, whether you're looking at being born in the middle of the United States or on the coast of the United States, being born to parents that expect you to go to college versus parents that don't expect you to go to college, parents that want to sacrifice on your behalf versus parents that want to spend every single penny month to month that they can. I don't think this is a fair world. So one of the things I do to try to make it work out for you is I try to give you investment advice, savings advice, ideas to save you money so that you can get wealthy over time. And wealthy just means being able to pay your bills from age 60 to 100 to me. Um, and if you could leave a little bit of money to charity or to family, I think that's awesome. Um, yesterday, someone started a GoFundMe campaign set up for the Las Vegas shooting victims. Funds will go to the financial support of those affected with 59 people killed and over 500 injured. And people in that crowd, their life will never be the same. Um, that was as close as we've gotten to a war zone in the United States that you know I hope we ever get to. Um, the audio footage coming out of that was horrific. The audio. So... With that said, the campaign's raised more than $900,000 in its first six hours. Uh, it's got a goal of two-plus million dollars. This is going to be something that, that their families are ruined. Um, a lot of them will go on to normal lives, but a lot of them will not. So, uh, And that's why you have to have disability insurance. That's why you have to have long-term, uh, short-term term insurance for your term life. Uh, but you know, disability insurance and term life insurance is super, super important um, to financially smooth things out when the worst case scenario hits. Speaking of worst case scenarios, let's bring in CFP Chad Burton. He'll talk a little ETFs for us, actively managed dynamic funds. He does a show from 6 a.m. to 7 a.m. Tuesdays and Wednesdays here on AM 1220 KDOW. Now, speaking of Goldman Sachs, like I mentioned, they're starting to price war on what's called smart beta ETFs. Now, first of all, what is an ETF? Let's review that. So in the past, you know, Vanguard was the pioneer of index funds. That's where you can go into a mutual fund that owns everything in an index, like the S&P 500. So it owns a portion of 500 different stocks. Now, S&P 500 is a weighted index. So the top 50 stocks make up the majority of the return in the S&P 500. So it's 500 largest companies in America. So an index fund, you make one investment, and you own a little bit of everything, and you track the index. Then the world of ETFs came around. So if you look at the S&P 500 Vanguard Index, if you want an ETF that tracks it, SPY or IVV, same investment. The difference is, is an ETF trades all day long like a stock. In other words, you can buy and sell it all day long on the market. A mutual fund, when you make an investment in the morning or, or buy or sell, the, the trade doesn't really occur until the end of the day. It trades one time per day. So with index funds, the costs came down. You can trade them like a stock, get in and out during the day. So they kind of became a bit of a trading vehicle, but also you can do options on them and everything else. So an ETF is a, just a index fund that trades like a stock. All right. Now then these 
smart beta products came out. Now, a pioneer of the mutual fund world is dimensional funds, where it's basically you take the index and you throw some rules on top of it to try to still keep the cost very low, keep you very diversified as part of the overall market. But the rules include either weighting. And so instead of a market weighted index or a cap, I'm sorry, a cap weighted index where your majority of your money is in the largest companies, you go, I want to own an equal portion of all 500 companies. So less concentration in the top big daddies and a little bit more money down the line in some of the smaller companies. Now, why do that? Typically, over time, smaller companies and more value-oriented companies outperform other types of investing strategies. So common factors used in smart beta, when you hear that term, it's also factor-based investing. That's the other normal term that you'll hear. Equal weighting in an index rather than market cap weighted. They also look at things like momentum. So let the winners continue to win. Size, where they'll look more towards smaller and mid-sized companies to get a little bit more performance in the long run. And quality, such as either value approach, where you're not overpaying price to earnings, or profitability. So really, all smart beta means, it might not be smart, but it's just a way to say, I'm going to take an index, an index-based mutual fund, I'm going to throw some rules on top of it. So what's better? You think, well, that sounds a little bit better. I mean, here's the issue. Right now, everybody's pushing everyone towards just index investing, just like in 2006, where management typically comes into play is when you do have a tough period in the market. That's where stock picking comes into play a little bit. So I don't like to do 100% index investing. I really don't. I like a mix of it all. I'll still buy individual stocks if they're companies that are growing, and they also have a history of increasing their dividend by 10% a year on average. That's only for accounts that are over half a million dollars. Under that, you don't need individual stocks. You need a mix of index funds and smart beta or factor-based investing in the large cap and mid cap areas. So to review, large cap, mid cap, US stocks, I like a mix of indexing and smart beta. Small cap, I like a mix of smart beta and managed, where you get a really good manager in there because that's where the innovation is. And good small cap companies tend to become mid cap companies. And um, there's a little bit more management required. International investing, I really prefer mostly managed with some smart beta in there. So I like a mix of it all. I don't like the idea of, as an investor saying, put me in a box as just an index index investor, just as a managed mutual fund, or just as a stock picker. They all have their place in a portfolio. Your first hundred to 200,000 index funds. And maybe you start adding some smart beta on top of that. And then eventually at a half a million to start adding some individual stocks. That's how you kind of graduate through the world of investing. Now, why is that? Because Look, if you're younger and you just own the market, you're going to do well over time because you're adding to your portfolio every two weeks, every time you get paid. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. 